to the garage. I am Dan Nichols. I'm back on the intro. Uh, I am joined by Out of Context Brian Sanchez. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Agamon Tim Wesley. Do I do that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you do. Even uh, as, as you yeah, you do. Mic. But the the fact of the matter is, is that um, you egg me on too. So it, it kind of works out. Fair. Um, guys, if it's okay, I would like to talk about a chicken farmer. No, not Carol Shelby. I was going to say, didn't we do a whole episode on him already? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, there will be more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because the GT500 and 350, uh, the creation and inception of those is really good. So is the AC Cobra. There's at least three more in there. The Daytona. The Daytona. Oh, the Daytona. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Carol Shelby. Well, I do, but not this episode. This episode, I want to talk about John Hennessy. Um, maybe not so much the man, but... Uh, so, if you guys remember, one of Brian and I, uh, our first episodes was the SEMA 2017 Roundup. Uh, if you're wanting to listen to it, it was in February of 2018 that came out. Um, <laughs> actually, I think it was late January, mid-January, probably. Something like that, yeah. Even still, two months late. Mm-hmm. Um, so, November fir- November. <laughs> November 1st, 2017, <laughs> at SEMA, Hennessy debuted the Hennessy Venom F5. Uh... It's projected to do zero to 60 in two seconds. Uh, and it is supposed to top 300 miles an hour and shut up them damn Frenchies with the Bugatti Chiron. Okay? By the mm. way, do you know what Chiron is? It's the boatman that takes you across the River Styx. Pretty cool freaking name. Even more so than Venom F5. But still pretty cool. Anyways, <laughs> that might have been off topic. Um... And, of course, the uh, Koenigsegg Ajira, although I do like them, so I'm not going to talk shit. The, uh, continue. Yeah. So, actually, though, I'm going to Tarantino this shit, too. So, let's go back to its beginnings. And they were actually somewhat humble beginnings. Kind of. Yeah. So, Tim, do you want to take that part? Uh, well, I mean, there's... A, there's there's a little to tell um, yeah. about John Hennessy and, and kind of the the path that he had set off on. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of started with him just wanting to have a fast car. Saw somebody, it was, I think the person that he saw do um, Pike's Peak was a automotive journalist, and it was in a Suzuki Scuderia. A Scuderia. Yeah, it was, it was something. It was just mm-hmm. it was like a silly all wheel drive, and he was just like, man, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, there were two four cylinders. Yep. There was one for the front wheels, one for the rear wheels. And that he was like, that was cool. I bet you I could do better. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's kind of been like the story of Hennessy. Um, so his like first foray into it was a new Japanese car. Escudo. Not a scuderia. Escudo. Did you correct yourself? Yes, I did. Anyways. Japanese car. It's a brand new Japanese car for this model year. It was the Mitsubishi 3000 GT VR4. So good. Yep. This was the pop-up headlight edition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was something in which he just did a few minor mods to it and mm-hmm. did not take it to Pikes because why would you do that? Yeah. Well, keeping in mind that this is the early 90s, half of Pikes Peak wasn't paved yet. Yeah. I mean, so the we, we've talked at length about the VR4 and like the love that we actually do have for it, but it's a scenario. We could do a whole another episode of. Oh it yeah. if you'd like. But this is like really where he got to start, and yeah, he with little modifications here and there definitely took the automotive scene by kind of storm, like in a scenario in which like really did people didn't believe that he was running the stock bits that he was. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe just what he was capable of doing. And like, that's, well, and he, that's the thing is that he was a true hot rodder at that point, because like, I'd say he was testing the absolute nitty gritty, nitty gritty limits. Dude, I'm going to have issues tonight of what that car was capable of. Yep. And when he found a weak link, he replaced it and didn't replace it until it was the weak link. Sure. 
And it just, you know, anyways. So I would Active say- Arrow on that, by the way, the VR4. What's that? Active Arrow, of course. Active Arrow, it'll play in later. I promise. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's it's in that where he definitely took to both land speed and track times, yep. and like was actually like putting them down in it in essentially a new car because you got to think that car was brand new. Mm-hmm. It was a Japanese car. Yeah, there were not speed bits for these. Right. The aftermarket wasn't there to no. support, especially a brand new engine. So he's making the bits himself and getting buddies together, getting buddies together, taking parts off of other cars and making it work with his car. That's the true hot rod way. And I like it. (laughs) Anyways, please continue. Um, So in doing that, as one would think, other people saw that other people were buying VR4s Mm -hmm. and they wanted that as well. Yep. So, I mean, Hennessy had money from... Asbestos disposal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not necessarily a chicken farmer, but... Well, yeah, but same um, sort of... Yeah. And apparently a lot of money because he started building kits and mm-hmm. selling them to people, installing them for people. Yep. Um, this is where, in my opinion, it, it gets a little like... I don't know. Because I, I, I've always seen those Hennessy branded cars and been like, damn. Yeah. yeah. But... We'll get there. We'll get there. So, what, Brian, what's the natural progression from a Mitsubishi 3000 GT VR4? What would the next car be that you think you would touch? Before we move on to that, I do okay. want to touch, I, I want to touch on the price point of this kit. Because okay. the kit, it's kind of important because it's kind of absurd. Yeah. Um, so, he called this kit the VR200, and this package cost $15,000. So, you're buying a brand new Mitsubishi, which I did not take the time to look up. The Original MSRP. They were pricey. I'm they sure were they pricey were pricey at the time, and which is why they're not that popular here. True. Uh, apparently, most of the most of them only sold in California. Yeah, that's where they were coming in from. True. Because that's back when Japanese countries or Japanese companies actually made their cars. Sure. In Japan, <laughs> <laughs> but fifteen grand, man, like that. So you have to buy a brand I new think car. The price point was like forty k or something. Probably. in the early nineties. And so it's, it's just like one of those... Like for the VR4, that is. Yeah, because <clears throat> GTS and all. But sure. um, yeah, so that to me is just insane because it's like, it's a lot of money to drop on speed parts and like a, a dude who has, it's tried and true. Like he claims that these are the parts that he used to get the records he got. And so it's in that where it's, sure, I don't think I would do it. I don't know. I For me, look, the shopping list that I have for Lazarus already is up towards 10K already. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I mean, don't it, get me wrong. Now, me, personally, I want to piece and part it together myself. But if I was looking for quick power and I didn't want to do the work myself, 15K ain't completely outside of the cards for me if I had the money, mind you. I guess it's just because like I'm not a speed freak, so it's not like like any car that I'm gonna drop that much money in is not going to be a single purpose car. I I can yeah, like I'm gonna buy I'm gonna I'm gonna put that money in that car and I'm gonna make it a comfortable, mm-hmm. probably a little quick B, and then C it's gonna look sick. Yeah, make it look good, daily drive it, and maybe take it to the track once or twice a month. These VR4s look stock. Yeah, but. I, I don't know. I'm kind of a fan of stealth wealth. I mean, mm, I I get that, but as far as like the way I would customize a vehicle, it would it would be to me. It's not going to look I, like totally. A, it's not going to be a, an expensive car. Like mm-hmm. that's not happening, right? right? But it's going to look like I own it. Like you're going to see that car. You're like that. <laughs> that makes sense. Ah, yeah. yeah. Bongo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there Pretty you much. go. Yeah. What, would, what would you do to this car? <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Tim, you're much like me in that we, I, you know what we need to do, all three of us, as a team building exercise. We should all go to a junkyard and just walk around it and say what we would do to cars. Because I guarantee sure. you, you're like me, no matter what you would see, as long as it's something interesting, you have an idea of what you would do with it. Totally. That's a good idea. For that is a really good idea. Video. Yeah. Ah. A little uh, video. Stay project. tuned. Speaking that of- might came up, that might actually happen by 
October of 2025. <clears throat> Speaking of that, there's a, a uh, 3000 GT GTS at the junkyard by the airport. It's bright red. It's by the road. Nice. Engine's probably blown, but... What's a GTS? I don't care. Front-wheel drive. World. Dude, do you know how many places make adapter plates nowadays? Uh, We could mate the LS to the trans uh, and have just... mm. Yeah. Tim's ears perked up right there. You saw that, (laughs) right? (laughs) No, you guys should have been here for that. It was... No, no. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Back to Hennessy. Okay, back to Hennessy. I mean, to be fair, it's still on topic because it is. It's, yeah, because that's it's it's very much the hot rod way, and with a well import, which is so odd. It, it's odd for what nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety four. Not so much nowadays. No, no. Now it's like people will do that, but it's like to me, it's it's a scenario in which like that's an odd choice. But he had he had an idea, and it was like all wheel drive hill climb car. Turbo, yeah, turbo. Mm-hmm. But. Well, especially it, the problem with hill climb and the reason why you don't see like NA cars doing uh, hill climb, most likely you're seeing turbo. What happens when you go further up a mountain? The air gets thinner. Yep. And there's like thousands of feet of elevation change in hill climb. So when you get up to the, like the Hoonicorn, the Hoonicorn is what? 1,200 horsepower, 1,600 horsepower? I think the last time it was quoted as 16. 1,600 horsepower at sea level. By the time he hit the top of Pike's Peak, they were saying that it was running maybe 700 horsepower. Yeah. Because it had no air. It couldn't breathe. It can't breathe. (laughs) Okay. Can I I move on? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's literally all I had to say about it because it's like... Yeah. So, Brian, after... Mitsubishi 3000 GT VR4. What's the next car in the progression that would make sense? I mean, I would probably do something American. Okay. Um, what's, in, what's in that price range? What What do you think? What, what? How much do we have to play with? Well, I mean, it was probably like 40K. It, give or take. The original mod was not his. It was brought to him. Right. Because the Hennessy, like, Nick. performance, whatever... Nick. Yeah. yeah. So, what would you think? Honestly, I, I mean, I really have no clue. One guess. One. I mean, I, I would, I'd go out and buy, grab myself a Mustang and then try and make yeah, you would. something yeah. screaming like that. Yeah, no way, would. dude. That's that's not what he went with. <laughs> um, he went with a Dodge Viper GTS. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so here's the deal, though. Do you know what the name of this car was? The Hennessy Venom 650R. And thus, the Venom name was born. Yep. So this was, this is where he kicked in the door of the tuner world. Because he, look, he put arrow on the car because the car was missing arrow. The the biggest problem with Vipers has always been, until this most recent iteration, has been traction. And especially traction at speed because there was no arrow on it. And this is way before they knew they knew what about aerodynamics now. Like the aerodynamics were trade secrets amongst F1 teams and all of that. It was much less regulated. And information nowadays is very readily available. Back in 1996, when this came out, there were trade secrets. You didn't know. All you saw was a wing, and you're like, ah, I could do that. And then you adjusted the wing the wrong way, and instead of putting down force, you had lift. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> it, but anyway, so he put a big ass whale tail of a spoiler in '96. That was cool, um, and a big old front splitter. Um, so it actually brought up the horsepower. Uh, so first off, it's it bored and stroked. Um, to take it from an 8-liter to an 8.4-liter V10. Pretty cool. Um, <laughs> along with uh, forged steel connecting rods, which was cool, uh, but you could get titanium rods for an extra $3,500. That actually, at the time, isn't bad. Because at that time, titanium was still being brought in from Russia. Um, just a little tidbit. <laughs> um, and forged aluminum pistons, which, at the time, was the cream of the crop. And it brought up 
the total output. So that's going to be after parasitic loss through transmission and uh, rotating assembly and all that to 650 horsepower. That's a lot. That look, even by today's standards, unless you truly know what you are doing and what you are looking at and what you feel, the difference between 650 horsepower and 1,000 horsepower, you are never going to know the difference. Hell, 600 horsepower and 2,000 horsepower. You're not going to know the difference because 650 horsepower is more than you can handle anyways. Yeah. Just putting it out there. And, uh, and that it reached that at 5,800 RPM. <laughs> so I'm wondering what the torque curve looked like on that. Like, did it hold that 650 horsepower or did it, it – because it was NA, mind you. Was this the 650R? Yeah. So the 650R, uh, the torque matched the horsepower. So, so yeah, and it I was 650 say, uh, uh, pound feet. So I would say that would, that's just that is that line vertical. <laughs> it it you know what it might because the torque and horsepower it's a square over sort of uh, horsepower torque split. Um, I bet you anything it was pretty. There was a lot of meat underneath that curve. Sure. You know, so and keeping in mind that this was in at the time, which was revolutionary, completely fiberglass car. I mean, it didn't have roll windows that rolled down. It had windows that you took off, you know, <laughs> like seriously, you took you, them off and put them in the trunk. You unbutton them. Yeah. And you un, you unbutton the top because it was leather and it wasn't even like had structural rigidity. No, it was just a piece of leather with snaps on it. Um, anyways. We, we're going to run long. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, three-inch stainless steel exhaust. So, uh, it was able to... Uh, the intake had a big old 70-millimeter billet throttle bodies <laughs> port-matched intake manifold. So, it, it had two, one for each bank, and they were 70-millimeter. Put that together, 140-millimeter. The LSX, the uh, LS10... Uh, sort of blueprint that they've been using. Um, those have 100 millimeter throttle bodies and it's it's what the engine needs and it's what the aftermarket uses as kind of a map because it's all the volume you need. This one needed 140. Yeah, back in 96. Again, can't overstate that. Um, <laughs> to a three-inch stainless steel exhaust system. Um, it did make the stock catalytic converters. It still retained that. I have an argument for this, and that's because high-flow cats weren't a thing yet, or at least something that was readily available. And in order to use a car on the road, emissions were still a big thing, especially in California. And in order to sell a car as a car in the United States, it has to meet emission laws for all 50 states. Although this was not a actual quote-unquote production vehicle, I think he was setting himself up for where he is right now to get you to kind of, anyways, you had to hit all 50 states emission laws in order to sell a car in the United States. Um, most stringent being California. Yeah. California. And even, even like back in the seventies had super stringent laws. Like there were, uh, old cars that didn't get grandfathered in that they were bringing in and putting like, three or four catalytic converters on it to get all of the noxious gas to filter out. Because keeping in mind that at the time, there were still cars that needed leaded fuel. <clears throat> another topic, another day. <laughs> um, so, and here's the thing too. In 1996, the uh, package, uh, it was called Venom Aero. The aerodynamics on it were made from carbon fiber. This is years before anyone yeah, is doing the, that. Like there were... There were probably a few cars that were using it, but they were the Ferrari F40. Sure. The F50 at the time. No, the F50 was fiberglass. And uh, the McLaren F1. Those were the kind of names that were using carbon fiber. Nowadays, there are 12 uh, production warehouses of carbon fiber in the world. Um, I'm willing to put money on at that time. There, were, there was maybe two it, because it is, it is difficult to make. You know, even before you put the resin and all that crap, that's the easy part. Like weaving carbon fiber. It's yeah. carbon. 
there's not a lot of play there before it snaps. So anyways. And if you're the first person doing it, you have to make the mold. Yeah. Yeah. And then so um, it had Brembo brakes, uh, Penske uh, adjustable suspension, which is kind of cool. 30 variable damping settings. By today's standards, that's excessive. Um, <clears throat> and it had a top speed of 215 miles an hour. That's, that, that's like something like 30 miles an hour faster than the Viper GTS, which was the big granddaddy, big dog, king dick of top speed cars at the time from the factory. Um, again, the problems that the Vipers had was traction. So traction limited it was 30 miles an hour lower than that. Anyways, um, I'm going to skip ahead. Now, are there a lot of great cars in between that? Yep. Because after the Viper, you had the C6 Corvette. Yep. That, was you, that he used a lot of bits from Ligenfelter, um, which is a huge freaking name. Big old name. Um, if you don't know who Ligenfelter is, um, just type in Corvette power parts it'll be one of the first things it, it, look it's it just corvette upgrade corvette this corvette that it'll be in there um i don't know how to spell it because it's lingenfelter whatever um so <clears throat> uh in association with them uh put in a whole bunch of his own quote unquote his own speed parts into it um, and then that was a bunch of money too. Oh, uh, I forgot to put the price point on the um, Viper. Uh, so it cost $37,000 for the engine upgrades. That was not say, even that's for the kit, right? Like, yeah. that's like no, the, no, no, no. You still had to pay the, like, what, $60,000, $70,000 for the Viper? Yeah. And then another couple thousand dollars, tens of thousands of dollars for the limited edition run GTS variant. It's, it's a lot of money. It's but I mean, crazy, man. Yeah. Came from humble beginnings, right? 15 yep. grand for a kit on a on an import. And then the very next one is 35. <laughs> so, uh, not, a lot, not a lot of people know this either. Um, look, sure, he makes uh, power kits for Camaros and Mustangs and uh, the Challenger Chargers. You know, he Does, makes lots of parts for these. For doesn't, SRT. Doesn't who makes the Exorcist? Is that Hennessy? That is Hennessy. So that's that's a neat that's a neat thing. Yeah, it, it is. Um and just kind of as a middle finger to Fiat Corporation of America, which I'm angry about, but also mm, eh, I mean he, he, it, if for like an extra like thousand dollars, you can actually get the like drag pack uh, the toolbox. With the little thing, like if you're here, then it this is how you set up the car, and you get 12 inch racing slicks. Well, like we, it's very much demon esque in that. Oh, they actually do that. Oh God, yes. Oh, is it a white box with a gold cross on it? Because if it's no. not, I don't want it. <laughs> oh, dude, that would be excellent. No shit, Hennessy, get with us. We got ideas. Um, but I mean, fuck it, John Hennessy, you can have that for free. You're <laughs> for fucking real? welcome. Right, and. Proceeds can be brought to Dan Nichols. Um, so <laughs> Cash grab. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. If you don't want the money, I do. Eh. Um, so here's the thing. He also makes parts for Audi, for Jag, Jeep, Lamborghini, McLaren, GMC, <laughs> and Dodge. So here's the deal. For your Chevy Silverado... Cadillac Escalade, uh, Yukon, whatever. Basically, if you have a truck that has an LS base engine, they make kits upwards of 750 horsepower. Because when that school run, if you're running late for that school run, you really need the power. And I mean, I'm talking supercharged blown its brains out L- LQ4. Like... <laughs> So and keeping the hood mind, don't close. But here's the thing, too. Keeping in mind that the 5.7 is no longer in uh, GM's SUV lineup. It's only the 5.3s now. So 750 horsepower from a 5.3 liter. What is that? A uh, th- it's just 320, 330 cubic inches, something like that. It's, it's, 
it's a small displacement, smaller displacement V8, and it's getting that much power. It's pretty cool. I, they're both giving me the deer in the headlights look. I'm about to say my eyes have glossed over. Yeah. Mine I haven't, boy. but like when Dan was just mathing right now, I was just staring at him. Right. Like, oh, he's going to break. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that smoke, don't worry about it. That came from me. So I, yes, Hennessy claims numbers. Ah, yes. Let's get into the controversy, Tim. So that's I think that's where we should take this, because we, we've covered accolades. We've covered things yes. that he's done. The things that endeared him to the gearhead world. Yeah, and I, I would honestly like say that this part to me is like the the part that matters the most, because like I've always seen that Hennessy script font just like, damn, that's a fast car. Yeah. Well, and I want to just put a blanket canvas over this. They are still fast cars. <laughs> Some. Go ahead. I, I have rebuttal, but go ahead. I mean, you, you pay for one, you still get a sticker, man. Yeah, that's true. So and what that sticker by itself adds 50 horsepower. 50, at least. Yeah. 50 oh, to God, yeah. If, if an it, you know, HKS sticker is 20, Hennessy is 50. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so what, what we're talking about is a lot of people claim that Hennessy, although he somehow makes it happen for his cars, remember Hennessy Performance sells these, sells these packages, sells these bits, mm-hmm. will put them on your car, or not put them on your car. Yes, <laughs> and there are stories upon stories of people that worked for Hennessy that uh, have ordered vehicles for Hennessy. Real quick, this is coming from Jalopnik. Okay, well, we are not slandering. Or anything like that through this podcast. It's on, no, we got I mean, this from Jalopnik from a 2016. Yeah, so 2016 Jalopnik. They even talked about it's a scenario in which a lot of the stuff is like kind of unfound. It's always he said, she said. It's always people talking on forums. Like I know this person that like sure. knows this person, but at the same time, I don't really see anyone combating these claims. Like it's it's a scenario in which well, and John Hennessy himself and release in press releases and stuff went. We've had some bad management. Not rebuttaling. Nope. Just saying we've had some bad management and we've sorted that out. Which the article from Jalopnik is directly quoting a story from the horse's mouth from, from someone that purchased a kit for C7 and never got it. Yep. And is, is still probably... What, four years later, still in legal proceedings trying to get this sort out? I don't know because I never looked it up. And he's in Qatar. That's important to note that it seems like these stories stem from customers abroad. And ex-employees have said that that is... That it, 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 there appears to be a pattern. Okay, so I want, I want to make that very clear. These are ex-employees, first off, okay, um, who's ever been pissed off at a previous job. Just putting it out I mean, there. I've, but, left, I've left previous jobs perfectly fine yeah. yeah but but is there some truth in it it's so many it, it stories very much could and that's the thing is that there are so many stories behind it that it's hard to ignore them all exactly and that's it's it's the honestly the rule of numbers in that it's, it's there's so many that there has to be some truth in there yeah and, and if it's dude if it's like a scenario in which like you're charging you're charging someone's firstborn yeah and and their like money to go to college yeah for speed parts. Right. And it's also important to note, too, that some of the stories are even less than that, that, like, somebody orders, uh, like, when the um, Camaro came back to us. John Hennessy and HPE, uh, which is Hennessy Performance Engineering, yes. came out with a package called the HPE 800, 750? I forget exactly what it is. Basically, if you ever notice, like, HPE and then a number, that's how much the dyno sheet says. And we'll get to that in a minute. I saw you. I saw that. Um, they, they made a twin turbocharged uh, Corvette, uh, Camaro, which if you've ever watched the dyno video of it, the first one, dear Lord Almighty, gives me wood. So good. They, there's something about an LS and then... then hmm. Brian, gave me the vipers. Okay. Brian, <laughs> make sure that E rating is on this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that I haven't said fuck do. like three times. Yeah. Will do. Um, so uh, there were stories that came out directly after that that this 
HPE 800, 750, whatever, people taking it to their local dyno. And granted, there are dyno variances, you know, whatever, sea level, sure. this, that, and the other thing. But they were coming back with like 450, 500 horsepower. Yep. <laughs> that's a big difference, and that's not a dyno variance, okay? It's not. If it was five, even ten numbers off, I would give it variance. Hundreds? Mm. There's so many stories of like the parts that are being claimed to be the HPE parts. But are like people scraping them down and seeing like HKS or Edelbrock on it. Now, even I would honestly say less than those companies. Yeah, like some Japanese knockoff company. But, but before I get to that, um, there was also claims that these people, because technically you get it, or not technically, you get a dyno sheet, which is supposed to be your vehicle, was a dyno sheet, it went on the dyno, made this power. Um, some of these stories are from these ex-employees are um, saying that... Uh, those dyno sheets were basically just copies of you the know. one that they built and proved the numbers right. for. Then they proved the numbers the on, Xeod. which keeping in mind that they're going to put more time into their flagship than there. It's just the way it is. But, um, but you're selling these kits right. for thousands, right? Tens of thousands of dollars. Now, before, before we go any further, I want to put it out there. Um, these stories are five to ten years old. There hasn't been a lot recently. Sure. Recently, it's kind of been radio silent from the haters. Um, and I have a couple theories on that. One, in 2017, 2018, he opened up his own... It's... <clears throat> tuning school something or other hmm. i forget what it is <clears throat> but it is a basically a um it's like skip barber driving school sure but for tuners you pay a certain amount of money there and then they teach you the ins and outs of tuning and souping up your car uh, souping up cars and stuff like that kind of cool um, What's the price on that? Uh, I know many I, many dollars. I, I could look it up, but I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, in I want to say, um, at some point, edit and things and stuff because I found my um. Okay, in two thousand and ten, uh, Hennessy Performance released or revealed, rather, the Hennessy Venom GT. Okay. This was a Lotus Exige, because keeping in mind that a good chunk of the world, and yes, Brian, we're going long, um, a good chunk of the world, when there's a company that wants to make a fast car, I don't know, Tesla, in the early to mid-2000s, wants to make a sporty EV. What did they do? They went and bought a Lotus Exige shell, and packed it full of their tech. Um, the Lotus, Ex uh, the Lotus Exige and Elise, um, those were really the go-to cars as far as frame. Now, in two thousand and what was probably two thousand nine, two thousand eight, um, up till that point, Hennessy was just shoving power into cars to make them faster. But then he said himself that he sat back and went, "What if we took weight out?" So they got a Lotus Exige. And then noticed the LS that they wanted to put in the back didn't fit. <laughs> so they hacked off right behind the uh, driver's seat and elongated it. Which makes the car look weird. It makes the car look weird. And then they hacked it off in front of the firewall and made it a little bit longer up there too for stability. And then they twin turbocharged it. And then tuned it to... 1,244 horsepower. So the top speed of it was $270, or $270. Guys, it's been a long night. <laughs> 270, I almost said horsepower. Wow. Miles per hour, <clears throat> which beat out the Bugatti Veyron. And if you guys remember in 2011, the Bugatti Veyron SS came out to win it back and didn't. I want to make something abundantly clear. 
the Bugatti Veyron has the Vag four mile uh, donut track. It's cambered real nice. It's it's maintained. It's it is where they go and test their top speed and high speed cars. Okay, so Bugatti has the backing of Vag and everything that comes with Volkswagen, Audi, Lamborghini, all of it. They have all the facilities for it. It takes them four. No, I'm sorry. It's a one mile long track, not four miles. It, but it took the Bugatti Veyron four miles, four laps of that track to hit its top speed. The Venom GT hit its top speed, which was higher at 270 miles per hour in two miles. Half the distance, half the amount of drive wheels, half the amount of cylinders, and half the amount of turbochargers. Faster. Because America. Oh, and four times less the camshaft because the Bugatti Veyron is a dual overhead cam. This was an LS. One cam in the middle of the block as God intended. Just putting it out there. Okay. But it's still not a Bugatti. It's not a Bugatti, but you know what? Don't give a shit. I would rather have a Venom GT. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so technically speaking, this was Hennessy's first, quote unquote, production vehicle. Sure. Um, you could only buy this car in its complete form. It was a limited run, obviously, but you could only buy it from Hennessy and it was delivered. And this was the engineering firm under uh, Hennessy that actually made this car from, you know, a Lotus shell to what it is, which included frame adjustment, body panel adjustment, transmission, engine, suspension, wheels, brakes. Everything was different with the exception of the cockpit and the headlights and taillights. Um, <laughs> and a couple body lines. And a, and a, this circles us back around to the Hennessy Venom F5. Um, look, I don't think that it's even been tested yet. For all, all I believe on this car. Oh no, it did. Is it might be vapor. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually it has been tested and they hit 300 miles an hour. Oh, oh yeah? no, 301 was the claim speed. Oh yeah. Uh, through VMAX speed track, uh, speed tracking systems. Um, this car looks cool. It looks good. It is a 100% Hennessy built vehicle. Um, they make the frame in-house. They make the body paneling in-house. I believe it's fiberglass, not carbon fiber. Um, so I want to, yeah. So it went to Pebble Beach after um, it went to uh, SEMA. And it actually got to be put on the uh, concept car lawn which is kind of cool. I mean, there's only very few cars that get to do that. Um, here's the deal. It's a 7.6 liter twin turbo V8. All right. I like the engine. You, it's got some beautiful CNC work. Um, computer numeric. Something or other. Um, basically, it's a piece of billet that they machine out, and it's gorgeous. Um there are some issues that I have with it, okay? Um, one thing that I will applaud them uh, that is different than the Venom GT, they used a dry sump system, uh, which means that there will always be oil delivery throughout the engine because the, te uh, the Venom GT test mule, when they went for their first run, um, welded a uh, piston rod <laughs> to the crank. Uh, it, it, it lost oil pressure. Uh, because it was under such extreme G-force that the oil sloshed to the back of the pan and the pickup was sitting there trying to pick up oil and there was none. Um, so they went dry some. Um, this is supposedly an in-house made engine 100% theirs. In the um, like debut... A video which is set to Aerosmith's Dream On. Um, there is an image, one image, very quickly, of probably one second. Um, 
of the engine without the heads or the uh, top plate on the uh, center of the V. Guys, I'm here to tell you, it looks a whole hell of a lot like an LS. Like the angle, the way that the, uh, where the piston, uh, where the uh, camshaft rods and lifters and the lifter gallery, the oil gallery, all of that, it looks so very similar. Oh, but they made it then. They, they did actually make it, okay? I'll give them that. They did make it. However, it does look an awful lot like sh- GMs, whatever. Um, but it is 7.4 liters. Very cool. And then they strapped two turbochargers onto it. Did they make those two? Uh, no, they are precision tur- turbos, which is an American company. The, the long history of really good turbochargers. Yeah. There is a problem. Um, they look to be about big enough for maybe a Mustang. My personal opinion. Okay. Not, not a hypercar. Um, I cannot find the specs on them. Cannot. Except for the boost that they crank out. Any guesses? Let it, both of them together. Okay. 15? 15 on Tim's. Both of them together? Okay. Yeah. I, it's I was more gonna, than that. I was uh, going to say like 18. 24. Okay. That's still not a lot. I like how you shit on 15, like 24 is so fucking much, <laughs> so much pressure. It, it is. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not. That's what I'm also saying, Dan. Yeah. So here's, so, here's my deal. Okay. Cars, it looks cool. Um, mm-hmm. Hennessy has tried and true. Is this car for sale? Is this a car he's making for people to buy? Yes. There are seven pre-orders in right now. At least most updated on their website. Keeping in mind that we are a few years removed from all the controversy. That's true. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm being kind of the, the cinema sins guy over here because like, yeah, I'm talking a lot that, of shit. This is, and that's okay. That's that's way this podcast but it's, works. It's a weird... Well, the, Go ahead, so like, well, I'm going to say like there, there are tons of manufacturers that will put concept cars out and will take pre-orders that never ship a single one. I like look, this is this is Hennessy's first 100% made in-house designed in-house car. But you just said the it, turbos were from some other company. Well, the tur- the turbos are, but like the the <laughs> d- dude, like, back I, back when look Back when Subaru was winning over Mitsubishi in um, Rally, like Colin McRae era, Subaru was using Mitsubishi turbos. Sure. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so the, for for a part here and there to come from somewhere else is not a big deal. Right, and like I, yeah. I, I get yeah. that. You I were just, being, you were being just, a dick, I and poke. I get it. I, had I, to poke. I know. Yeah, um, yeah, I like it. Until, until one of these shows up owned by somebody else mm-hmm. and is dynoed and put... Through stuff and it, yeah. and, it is and it puts out what it says, what they say. Mm-hmm. I will not get super hyped on this car. No, I will okay. say I agree with you. It looks fantastic. Yep. And if it does everything that they say it does, well, apparently it did. It's pretty badass. Mm. So, so we we we'll all see. know that each one of his cars that he puts those parts on, the ones that they show people, yeah, work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those right. things. Do we do know say. there are people who do have these Hennessy vehicles and they work. Yeah. Yes. We're not those people. Right. This is true. But I, I do have man. some more gripes about yeah. the engine, guys. Can I get to that? Yeah. Before yeah, man, we go run for out of time. Yeah. Okay, first off, um, look up the Hennessy Venom F5 online. Looks um, good. And you'll, uh, if you go to venomgt.com, it's the main thing, okay? It, yeah, I mean, it is on there, plastered all over the engine, all that jazz. Um, first off, uh, why do you need to have equal length or not equal length but uh, short tube headers on the engine other than for it to look pretty uh, the reason why you have headers on an engine is for it to be free flowing a turbocharger by very definition is not free flowing because it's meant to create pressure 
you need a just a log manifold unless you're doing it to make it look pretty and charge more uh, charge more money for it sure i can see this yes um also uh it has 10 and a half to 1 compression under power which um keeping in mind 24 psi means 12 pounds from each turbocharger with all the flow in the world those are low pressure turbos when you're talking about 7.4 litres of hairy chested dinosaur burning cylinders so I want more because if you bump up that compression ratio you can get a shit ton more power out of it does it need more power? No. But was then it 1200? Again, yeah, it was 1200. You don't need much more than that, and I get it, but there, there's more there. So why not do more? That's what, that's what Hennessy's built his foundation on, is more. There's, isn't their slogan something like um, making fast cars go faster? Or yeah. Like it's, it's, so, I don't think it's an actual slogan, but it's definitely something that yeah, people it, say. It, it, yeah, so 10 and a half to one, bump that up to 11 to one. And maybe it's because it's their first engine. Maybe they're babying it a little. Look, 10.5 to 1 is nothing to scoff at from a stock LS. That's what a stock LS runs. It's 10.5 to 1. They're they're potentially going to the reliability aspect of the LS. Sure. I I could also see them building in some element of over the next couple of years coming out with more variants of it that are larger or something. I'm ready. I'm with Brian. But it's current. When this car is released, there will be a Hennessy upgrade package. It's the same engine. I don't know. It's because the they same didn't do it with the GT. Because the GT was the, like a concept car to them, essentially. But since they're yeah. not an, an actual like automaker, their concept was just the car that they had. Right? All right. So with this one, I'm with Brian, but I think it's going to be more short term, and I think it is going to yeah. be. I you, you know what? It'll be it a, won't like, be like a, a, an upgrade package that you, you can select for more. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Is from it's, the it's company gonna, that does upgrade be, packages. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be a little checkbox that you can tick. Yeah, like when you order it, it's not going to be like buy the car and then give it back to us. And it, no, it's going to be like uh, as delivered. I mean, it might be that way. Yeah, it, it, from well, if history tells us anything. Yeah, I mean, it's. My bad, guys. Okay, yeah. sorry. Don't no, jump I, I, just, my ass. I, I think I. Dude, I mean, what he, it sounds and feels like to me, he yeah. could, and I could see that happening. Like, and, and it could be because it's their first engine, and yeah. you know, like, and, and, and that makes a lot. Of, that would make a lot of sense because most of the people who are going to buy these are going to put them around town, totally. Especially if they're if they know the reputation that they've gotten over the years, and they're trying they, to they move past that. Now, and granted, the it is under power. Or under pressure, so I mean that ten and a half to one. It kind of has an artificial sort of uh, compression, uh, compre- uh, higher compression. It is still ten to one, but I mean, like the my car, for instance, um, when they came out with the brand new Mazda six, it has a turbocharger uh, option. They took it down from thirteen to one, which is the NA, to eleven to one. Mazda's not that big. Okay, like they're no Honda, they're no Toyota in Japan. Like by re- by comparison, they're small to those companies because those companies are entire cities in Japan. They make actual appliances, not just their cars. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, but the so they bumped it down to eleven. So <laughs> more is more. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. More is more. I like when Dan triggers himself. Yes. Right? Like, we didn't have to do shit on that nope. one. No. Um, I, I, have a, I have a final thought on this, right? So right. I, I would love to see this because I, again, had always looked and seen that Hennessy sticker and been mm-hmm. like, that, that means that car is fast as fuck. Yeah. And so I would like to see, I would like to see what the, the F, was it the F5? F5. I think that, I think it'd be cool. If it, if it is something that you see, on Top Gear or Grand Tour, if, it, if you actually get to see that car running and it does what it's supposed to mm-hmm. and it is not just the one and they keep changing the color. Yeah. 
So like that's, bust out a Carol Shelby on that. So that's what I'm like. <laughs> that's what I'm seeing, and what I what I hope. Right. I want to know if that car was available and money's no object. Would you pick that car? No. No. Right. <laughs> that says something, the, man. The, there there will be people out there that say yes, though. So to, to me, it it I would have liked to see that car look American. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the engine looks American very much so. And it's designed the way that they designed the head and all that. But sure. here's the thing that's hidden. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like that's not, that's, you don't see that. At a it looks light. very European, but I mean, it, it does have a very low drag coefficient. Uh, it's like a 0.33, which is, it, it's similar to what the Teslas are out sure. with. Um, because they want to have as little drag as possible. They're going back to that era, which is what I wanted to say back then. So they learned the art of adding power over the last, you know, 30 years. They learned the value of removing weight almost 10 years ago. Now they're introducing arrow. Again, arrow information and understanding is more readily available now than it ever has been in history. True. So, uh, it does have active arrow. That's another thing. Um, it doesn't use just the spoiler and the splitter. It actually uses the body much like the, um, Huracan, the Lamborghini Huracan, uh, Performante, there are valves that open and bring air over certain things and under certain things to bring it. Anyways, Another topic. It's Another very day. clever. It's very clever. It's very clever and very nerdy. But until next time, I'm Dan Nichols. I'm Brian Sanchez. And I'm Tim Wesley. Get out of my grudge! <laughs> <laughs>